0: So we continue our time of worship, of our worship of our one God, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we continue our journey of the early Christian church as we're going through the book of Acts. In these past weeks, we've looked at passages in Acts. Uh, Acts 1, we talked about the ascension. Uh, We talked about Pentecost from Acts 2, and Acts 2 closed off with uh, talking about the excitement of the community life of the church. Including in this excitement was many wonders and miraculous signs done by the apostles as we read in acts two forty three, And so these this excitement these wonders and miracles continue with acts 3 as we'll hear in this morning's reading So before we read from acts 3 1 through 26, let's come to god in prayer Lord your spirit sent the early church into excitement and transformation A transformation in which people were saved in the name of Jesus, and you were praised and glorified. And so as we hear from your word again today, work in us through the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we too can leave this place transformed, ready to serve and praise you through the rest of this week in all areas of our lives. And it's only in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So Acts 3, verses 1 through 26. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us As if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses to this. By faith... In the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, then. And turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed to you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people." Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm sure many of us here have either studied or at least heard of William Shakespeare. And Shakespeare created, of course, many famous plays. One of his famous, best known uh, and famous tragedies is Romeo and Juliet. And you may wonder, well, why am I talking about a love story here this morning? But this is more, this is more to the story than just a love story. Because in this story, there were two families Two rival families, the Capulets and the Montagues. And these families had pride, they had money, they had power, they had a name. And they had disagreement as well. The Capulets and the Montagues despised one another. And they were at war with each other. The terrible fighting was such that a prince of the town issued an edict. And this law conveyed that if anybody was caught fighting, they would be punished by way of a death sentence. Nevertheless, Romeo, who was a Montague, and Juliet, who was a Capulet, were not fighting because they were in love. And love was blind. According to their family names, they were to have been at war with each other, not in love. So then, this takes us to a scene in the play where Juliet is talking to herself and she asks the question what's in a name? And she, so she figured it, it wouldn't be a big deal for her and Romeo to marry. Juliet underestimated the power of a name. Romeo underestimated the power of a name. And the lack of understanding in the power of names resulted in the tragic death of both these individuals. You see, there is power behind names. And we can't underestimate that even today. So in the story that we read from Acts 3, there's one name that was very powerful. And we can't underestimate the power of that name. The power of this one name brought upon many events. The power of this one name brought upon miracles and physical healing. The power of this one name brought on worshiping. The power of this one name brought on witnessing and spiritual healing. The power of the name of Jesus provides his people what we need. This man who was lame and begging was strategically being carried to the temple at the time of prayer because this is when pedestrian traffic would have been at its peak. This man was crippled from birth and according to Acts 4 verse 22, he was 40 years old during this time of the story of Acts 3. And he was brought there to the same spot every day to beg. He wasn't coming to worship. He wasn't coming to pray. He was coming to earn a living. And so he was a regular at this temple. And after a while, he may have very well been gone, gone unnoticed by so many people. And he became probably just like a fixture at this temple door. Now, I think it's also interesting to note That while Jesus was alive on earth, Jesus too would have attended prayer and worship several times at this temple. Jesus would have passed by this man begging on many occasions. And Jesus may have even talked to him. He may have even given him some food or some money. But Jesus didn't heal this man when he walked by. And I think it's fair to say and ask ourselves, why not? And we'll get back to that shortly. So with large crowds coming to the temple to pray and worship, Peter and John are also approaching the temple with the intention, their intention was to spend time in prayer and worship. Now take note that both Peter and John are present. If you recall last week, for those who were here last week, when we heard the story from Acts 2, Peter got up among the crowds, and it's notably said that he got up along with the other 11 disciples surrounding him. It was mentioned last week that ministry often involves community, but ministry often involves a team. Ministry does not have to be done alone, and in Acts 3, it's believed that both Peter and John are together and mentioned, because again, ministry is teamwork. The disciples work together, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. They are witnesses to others and to one another as to what God is doing in their lives, And when we read stories in the early church, take note of this team ministry occurring many times. It's not always, but many times through the book of Acts. So the man who was lame and begging, he asked them for money. And why not? It was his career. That's how he made it through life. And Peter commanded this man in verse 4 to look at us. And certainly he would comply. The assumption then, um, if he complied, that he would probably get money from them. Peter and John and this man now have each other's attention. And Peter and John didn't say to this man, let's pray together. They didn't say to the man, hey, if you believe, you will be healed. But Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. In the name of Jesus. This man wasn't given what he wanted money, maybe even healing. Rather, he was given what he needed. He needed Jesus. And what he needed most was a relationship with the master physician and the spiritual healer of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ, he was commanded to walk. Now, mentioning the name of a person expresses the very nature of the person's being. The power and the presence of the person named is evident and available at the mention of the name. And Peter mentions in the name of Jesus to indicate that they were indeed in close relationship with Jesus. They were indeed in touch with the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is present in the mention of his name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thankfully, this man did not underestimate the name of Jesus. Far too many take the name of Jesus for granted even among us. The power of the name of Jesus resulted in a miracle of physical healing. Physical healing of this man being able to walk. But more so, also his spiritual healing. As indicated in verse 16, that this man had faith. And he was able to spiritually walk in obedience to Jesus. This man was spiritually healed, and this led to others around the temple being astonished. This led to the man worshiping God and others worshiping God. The power of Jesus' name yes, it resulted in physical walking, but also spiritual walking. The man who is no longer crippled immediately enters the temple and he's walking and he's jumping and he's praising God. And while he was worshiping God, others saw him praising God. This was a miracle. And this miracle led to worship. Many saw what had happened to this 40-year-old man. And people recognized him as the crippled beggar. And they were filled with wonder. They were filled with amazement. They were astonished with everything that just occurred. You see, the power of the name of Jesus Christ goes way beyond the individual. And it results in glory and amazement among the crowds the people appear to give Peter and John the praise but Peter deflects the glory back to the one back to the to God yes Peter and John were obedient to God through this healing but the miracle is on account of the power in the name of Jesus and Peter is simply just the instrument in this miracle The power doesn't originate with Peter. In fact, it has to do with Peter's faith in Jesus. But the faith that Peter has in Jesus Christ is also on account of Jesus. Verse 16, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that he has completely healed him. You see, we even rely on our faith to come from Jesus. And then we are used to be His instruments, and to show His power, and to exhibit our faith that comes from Him. And then we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing in that category? Today, far too often, we people don't want to share where God is at work in our lives. Because so often, we we'll think, oh, well, but it's boasting. If one were to share during a beyond-the-pew time in the service or, or a time of testimony, people are hesitant because it puts a spotlight on them. Well, people, if you're feeling that way, then you're actually boasting and making it about yourself when you choose not to share. Because if you truly believe that Jesus is at work in your life, there would be no problem sharing. Well, in church or in any other places in our lives. Because that's what Jesus calls each of us to do. To be witnesses to his amazing power, to his amazing work, to the faith that he gives us. He calls us to walk in obedience and share what he is doing in our lives and to share our stories with others. Yes, the temptation is that we will pat ourselves on the back. But don't let that stop you. Keep in mind, that the glory, it doesn't go to Peter and John, it doesn't go to us, it goes to him, it goes to God. And we are called to focus our attention on the one. We're called to be representative of Jesus, be witnesses to the power in the name of Jesus, allow God to use us as His instrument of power, to his glory, and to show the faith that he gives us in our lives. So Peter, in his speech that follows... He emphasizes God. He emphasizes the God who's orchestrated all of this. Now in the New International Version, which we read this morning, uh, verse 13 states, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but actually in the, in the original scriptures, Greek translation, it says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Peter stresses God. You see, God is the one who orchestrated all. God is the one who sent Jesus Christ. And it was God's very own son who was disowned and murdered by the same people who just witnessed this healing and this miracle and this power. Not only the lame man had issues with walking, but many people have issues with walking and disobedience. And Peter continues to emphasize how the apostles were witnesses to Christ's resurrection. So he goes on to say, people, you who witness this miraculous event today, this miraculous event of healing, believe the apostles when they say that they witnessed the miraculous resurrection of Jesus Christ, the healing of so many people. Believe the apostles when they say this power comes in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. And so Peter goes on in his message to, to express God's grace. And he says that those who have crucified the Messiah, they too can receive the miracle of healing. They too can receive the miracle of complete forgiveness. They too can receive the gift of salvation because God's grace is extended to his people. And in response, he gives us faith and we need to respond in faith and walk in obedience. How often is not are sharing amongst God's people or others in the form of don't do this don't live like that behave like the rest of us oh and you'll be saved we don't say that but it's implied repentance is important but first we all need to repent repent and believe and praise and worship and share the truth of the gospel message of Jesus Christ in our lives. Share our faith. Share the hope that we have in Christ. Share the stories of transformation that he is doing among us because God is at work among his people. In this sermon of Peter, the people are given a promise and a warning. Verses 19 to 21, there is the promise of complete restoration of all things. There is the promise of all sins being wiped clean through faith in the name of Jesus. goes on to talk about the covenant and the promises and how the people are God's people and we are God's people. But then in verse 23, the warning states that if you do not listen and you do not have faith, you will be completely cut off from your people. This isn't a threat. It's a reality. The promises of forgiveness and eternal life that God extends to his people are not available to those who do not believe. So people believe. Let's pray to God to increase our faith, to give us faith, and share that faith. So this miracle that's happening in Acts 3 is actually a call to faith. It's a call to faith to the people who were witnesses at the temple. And it's a call to faith for those who were not present at this event. It's a call to faith for each of us today. The Holy Spirit gave the power of faith to Peter and John. The Holy Spirit gave the power of faith to this man who was lame and begging. Expresses this in verse 16 again. It expresses it in verse 6. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I'm going to give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, many things seem too good to be true. And many things seem hard to believe. There's many things in Scripture that are difficult to understand, and we need faith in the name of Jesus, and this faith comes from God. Faith in the name of Christ is a gift of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as Peter and John requested the full attention of this man, our God requests our full attention. Our God is saying to each of us, Look at me. Despite our sins, despite our guilt, despite our shame. The temptation, of course, when it comes to guilt and shame is is for us to look down, not to look at people. We kind of walk with our head down in shame. But God is saying, Look at me. Look at him. See God, see his wonderful story through the Old Testament patriarchs. See God's story of redemption through his son. See God's story of Jesus Christ's resurrection. See God at work in your life. Not necessarily giving what we want, but definitely giving what we need. Faith in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I think we should return to the question of why Didn't Jesus heal this man years earlier? Why did it take several years for this man to get healed? So that begs the question, not only for this man, but maybe in our own lives as well. What about our own healing? Why do some people get healed and others not? And I don't claim to know the answer myself, but through Scripture I think the answer only comes from God. I believe that whatever the outcome, it was the further the power of the name of Jesus. And we've got to ask ourselves at times, what is a stronger testimony to those witnessing? Sometimes it is a miraculous recovery of ourselves or of our loved one. But often, we often see it in courageous suffering. And we don't like people to suffer, but often in the suffering, we can still see the power of Jesus' name at work in that person's life. God gives us faith and strength to endure whatever it is that we are going through. And through this gift of faith from God, the gift of faith and strength, we can then be a testimony to others about who God is. Never underestimate the power of Jesus' name. Never underestimate that there are circumstances that God will use to reflect his power in our lives. Through our weaknesses, through our dark valleys, And that dark valley may be an illness, it may be a tragedy, it may be a loss of employment. God uses these circumstances as a testimony of faith to grow our relationship with Him and with others and to be used as an instrument to grow others' relationship with God. Because God desires us to walk in obedience with Him. And again, I don't pretend to fully understand it but he calls us to be obedient in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. So God used this healing at his time as a launch into Peter's sermon. This miracle wasn't magic. It wasn't because, again, Peter and John held these special powers. This miracle was on account of faith in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And God wanted to use Peter and John to reveal his power to the people coming to prayer coming to the temple for prayer and worship who may very well have been coming just out of tradition because that's just what we do. So God used Peter and John as instruments and this man who was lame and begging as an instrument to bring others to faith, to bring others to spiritually walking in obedience. You see, the miracle in Acts 3 was not only for the man who was lame, the miracle was also for those around him. See, the man needed to walk, but so did others around him, and so do we today. We need to walk in faith and obedience to Jesus. By God's grace, sinners like us whose sins nailed Jesus to the cross can have complete spiritual healing and faith through the name of Jesus. By God's grace, we've all received something that we've not asked for that's salvation. Again, just as the beggar didn't receive what he asked for, we don't always receive what we ask for, but we receive something better, eternal life and a relationship with Jesus. Christ answers our prayers by increasing our faith, and the glory goes to Jesus. So praise God for the power of Jesus' name, for that mysterious power, for the wonderful power, and never underestimate the power of the name of Jesus in your own life in the lives of others amen let us pray father god in the name of jesus christ of nazareth we ask for faith in the name of jesus christ of nazareth give faith to those who have done give faith to those who do not yet believe in the name of jesus christ of nazareth give faith to those who have faith and do believe and increase the faith of your people We thank you for Jesus and for the gift of faith, for forgiveness and eternal life. And may through all these many gifts that you give to us, we not fail to see you at work in our life, in the life of the church. May we be witnesses to the many things that you are doing and sharing the many things that you are doing through us. May we point our attention to you and to give you all glory and honor. And it's only in the beautiful and powerful name of Jesus we pray, amen.